guys excited about any of this? I'm excited about some of this. I don't know about you. Oh, gosh. You guys know, um, those of you that have been here the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Jesus. Well, surprise, surprise, you're at church. We're talking about Jesus, right? <laughs> Anybody surprised? No. We're going on, a, we're just doing a, a short series on Jesus. Uh, this will be the last one, I believe, until I, I feel directed to, to go somewhere else. Unless you guys have some topics that you want to talk about. Um, I have some questions that you guys wrote down a couple of weeks ago. And I was thinking, um, not next week because we got a new life drama company, but the week after that we could hit, hit a bunch of those questions. And if you guys have any more questions, we'll just throw those out on a piece of paper and we'll, we'll go after them. You guys good with that? That's good? Okay. Since we're talking about Jesus tonight, that last video there, did that, did that impact any of you guys there? Did that, does that grab you any certain way and make you go, oh, just hurt, make you sad? Yeah. Ouch, yeah. Yeah, and the funny thing is, well, not, I wouldn't say funny, but, you know, what, what we see at the portrayal of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ isn't even half of what he actually went through. You know, we have to, we have to be conservative because we can't show, you know, a nude body up there, but the, the historical setting is, and, and scriptures basically say that he's naked and that he, he was unrecognizable as a human being even. He was just trashed. But fulfilling scripture, he, the Bible said that none of his bones would be crushed um, or, or broken, and none of his bones were broken or crushed during the crucifixion. That is amazing. <laughs> to, no, there's a, it, go, it can go right through. Uh, it's debatable. I mean, it could have gone through the hands, and then they could have tied your arms up there. There's a bunch of different ways crucifixion happened. There could have been that it was on a tree that some of them say that the hands were above the head. Um, but, you know, nope, they didn't have cameras back then. <laughs> you know, we just went off of uh, historical documents and, and tradition and how the Romans used to crucify people. They did it all different ways. So, I mean, the Bible uses the word cross. It could be this kind of cross. It's also something called the St. Andrew's cross, which is actually an X of two, and he could have been crucified like that. They say uh, St. Andrew, one of um, Jesus' disciples, was actually crucified on this. On this. That's why they call it the St. Andrew's cross. It was a two cross beams like that. Now, how many of you guys would say that, that Jesus was a, a misunderstood guy? He just People just didn't quite get him when he came about. Would you guys agree to that? I would, I would agree with that. I mean, I think... I mean, here... I don't even... Would you be considered a bad guy nowadays if, if you were going around telling people something different than what they were thinking was true? You'd get them mad, but would you be considered a bad guy? Not necessarily. Some people would probably... Uh, I mean, because now there's this thing going around called relative truth. You know, what you believe is what you believe, so that's cool with you. And you know, if it's not what I believe, don't mess with me. You know, let me believe what I want to believe, right? Jesus wasn't going around stuffing this down anybody's throats, but yet they still took him out. So, I mean, do you guys ever feel like you're misunderstood like that? Like people, they look at you and they, they judge you and they don't understand you? You ever feel that way? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, that is a question. <laughs> Way to go, Kayla. Way to be on top of things. All right. The words are kind of crunched together, so it's a little little tough, huh? Why do you guys think we have the Old Testament or even the New Testament? Although in the 
Huh? Okay. Mm, not really, but close. Grace, Old Testament is, is Christ concealed. New Testament is Christ revealed. Or grace concealed, grace revealed. I've heard that before. You were going to say something? Yeah, and we're going to talk about that tonight, why Jesus came to do that kind of stuff. Which do you think is more misunderstood? I think somebody over here answered it. The New Testament or the Old Testament? Yeah. <laughs> why would you say that? They use crazy words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and everything's an allegory or a, there's, a, there's a meaning behind every story that God gives us, right? Crazy. Did Jesus fulfill and then change the Old Testament? Ooh, as a, we're getting deeper in these questions, are we? Like, how do I answer that? Am I not a scholar? Don't answer that question. Well, we'll answer that tonight. Can we still be Christians without the Old Testament? Can we still be Christians without the New Testament? Hmm. Got to have them both? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, fruity. You can't take them apart, Try. Yeah, I don't get that <laughs> allegory or this illustration you're giving. Okay. All right. All right. You try to take them apart. I got gotcha. you. Crazy. Well, let's go. Let's go check this out. These are these words are in in red in the Bible. Uh, if you guys have a red letter Bible, but uh, I don't think anybody brought their Bibles here tonight. Did anybody? Did anybody? You did. Right to go, man. Kayla did, Brian did, right on. Well, for those of you that didn't, we're going to go to Matthew 5, 17 through 20. And this is our basic scripture text for tonight. We're just going to examine this and tear it apart. Okay, and I'm going to move kind of quick tonight. I'm going to talk about a lot of deep things. So if you have any questions, go ahead and ask me afterwards or send me a Facebook or whatever. You all, you all are on my Facebook, right? Mine got deactivated. What? You really? Why? I don't know. It's just like I was thinking on it like... Huh. Were you not on there forever or something? Well, maybe they checked your birthday or something. Well, you guys go on there and check out Edball. I'm under there on, on, on Edball, but this youth group is on Facebook under Illuminate. So you check out Illuminate and get signed up. Man, get, get hooked up on there because uh, I post things on there all the time about our youth group and stuff. So you guys stay connected, all right? Matthew 5, 17 to 20. Anybody want to read it? Who? Who's me? Ashley, you want to take it? Am I saying your name right? It says Ashley. I keep wanting to say Stephanie or some other word that ends in E. But Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, if you don't mind. Well, you know, but anyway. 
supposed to say as the Pharisees do, but it's a typo. <laughs> Woo, baby! Would you agree that the Pharisees and Sadducees misunderstood Jesus? Probably more than anybody else. You know, I mean, these were the guys that were teaching the law. They knew the Old Testament inside and out. And here comes Jesus, and he's like, Dude, I, I know what you're saying, Mr. Pharisee, Mr. Sadducee, but you're wrong. I mean, not completely wrong. You know what it says, but the meaning of that is not exactly what you're saying. So, a couple times, yeah. Yeah, 12 times. Joey knows his Bible, huh? <laughs> See, the <laughs> VeggieTales. I get all my scripture from VeggieTales. Someone goes, Who's Moses? He's that green cucumber, right? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> See, the, the Pharisees thought that Jesus was, was going around nullifying the law and saying that the law was junk, right? But Jesus wasn't doing that. That's what, the, that's what we call the Old Testament, the law, okay? But he was just doing the opposite. He was actually saying, yeah, guys, the law is, is, is okay. But the Pharisees were taking it the totally opposite way. So here's a few things about the Pharisees and Sadducees that I just want you guys to know real quick, okay? We're just going to throw it up here and, and run through them real quick. The f- That's right. And the Pharisees? They're not Pharisees. Yeah, right. Now, okay, the Pharisees didn't, didn't dig deep into the heart of the Scriptures, and Jesus was trying to relay to them the actual truth of the Scriptures. He wanted them to see the heart of God in scriptures, not just the law and the things that you shouldn't do. Sometimes we feel like that's how it is anyways, right? We go to church and say, this church and Christianity is all about things we shouldn't do. But by their traditions, they robbed the people of the word of God, and by the hypocritical lives, they dissipated the very law which they claimed to protect. The Pharisees kept the law to themselves, and they told the people what to believe. You know that the, the regular uh, household in Jerusalem didn't have the Old Testament? They couldn't actually even look upon it unless they were uh, a Pharisee or a Sadducee or a person of the, of the law. So what they got to hear was what they told them, and they told them how it was. Oh, I mean, that stinks. You guys don't believe everything I say, do you? Search it out in the Scripture, because everything I am giving you guys is in the Word of God. But and you, just, you have to take me by my word if you don't know the Word of God, right? Well, <laughs> that's what people were doing back then. But they didn't have Jesus at that time. See, we got Jesus' grace revealed, and we got the truth of Scripture now. They had great motives according to the interpretation of Scripture, but their interpretation was a little off. They thought that they were conserving God's Word, when in reality they were actually preserving God's word, embalming it so that it no longer had any life. No life. No, preserving, it means so it doesn't grow old and doesn't die, you know? Keeping it fossilized, yeah, that's a good word. Okay. She actually listens. (laughs) She actually listens in school. And then, of course, the final one is what Matthew brought up. The Pharisees weren't fair, you see. And the Sadducees, they're just sad, right? You see? Y'all get it? I see. You see? Way to go! But what, what Jesus was saying here in the, in the text that we read at the beginning was that he wasn't watering down the word. He was, he was here to fulfill what they thought they knew. See, they were expecting a, a, a Savior to come and set up a kingdom. 
But they, they were actually thinking an actual physical kingdom here on earth. And, they were, and, and he was going to come and save everybody and, and get rid of corrupt rule and corrupt judgment and just set up his reign and God was going to live amongst his people there on earth physically. Well, he did for 33 years, but it wasn't the kind of kingdom that they were thinking about, was it? So, let's go on. And uh, what, what is this word in verse 17 at the beginning? It says um, that Jesus, he said, he said, no, I came to fulfill them. I came to fulfill the writings of the prophets. Well, here we go. In the Greek, um, the word means to fill out, expand, or complete. Like, to fulfill. To fulfill a balloon with air. <laughs> Right? Fulfill it. Take it and just fill every little piece. Okay? So say I take a cup or a jug, of, uh, just a jug. I should have done this today, right? Now, if I filled it full of, um, of, of big rocks would it, and to the top, would it be full? Okay. Yes. Yes? No. Okay. Yeah, because there's spaces in between. Right. So now I t- I'll, I'll take marbles or, or smaller rocks and, and drop it in there and fill up the gaps. Is that jar full yet? No. No? Yes. Yes. No? But there's still gaps. Right. Okay, so I'm going to take a, a, a sand and I'm going I'm to fill in the holes and I'm going to you know, put it all in there. Now we've got marbles, we've got rocks, and we've got sand. Is it full now? No. It's not full yet? So what do you do now? Fill it up with water. Fill it up with water, okay. Fill it up with water. Is it full now? Wow. <laughs> ah, but for the time being, it's full, right? The time being, it's full, right? Yeah, empty it out and do it again, just for fun, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus actually fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament relating to the coming Messiah all over. Okay, actually, he fulfilled 60 of the major prophecies, actually... 270 ramifications of the Old Testament, the chance of just one person fulfilling only 60 of, these, of the major prophecies is, is 10 to the 17th power. That's a one. That's one in one quadrillion. That's a one with 17 zeros after it. Okay, so I'm going to put this in a little bit more perspective. You guys have probably heard this before, but, but that's like taking the whole state of Texas... Filling it up two feet deep. See if we can go back and, and, and reactivate this thing, this slide. And you only have to push it once after this. And then it'll all do it by itself. Okay, so we take the whole state of Texas. We fill it two feet deep with silver dollars, okay? And then we take one red silver dollar and we put it in the middle of the state of Texas and we mix the whole state of Texas up, right? Okay, and then we take a blind guy blindfold him and, and tell him just to randomly go in there and pick out with his, without seeing the one coin that was painted red. What the chances of that happening? That's yeah, 10 to the 17th power. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Way to go. Or you fill, or you fill um, from here to the moon with golf balls like two, two feet a day and you put that on an astronaut face and take a sharpie and put a dot on a uh, ball and put it right in the middle and you tell him to go find it. Yeah, he's, it, he actually got that off of, uh, yeah, if the earth was a golf ball. This is, this is actually a different kind of statistic. That, that didn't actually didn't have anything to do with Jesus, but, you know, the same kind of illustration applies, okay? 
And that's on the first try, going in there and grabbing that, okay? But the Pharisees didn't know all of this yet, okay? They didn't know that Jesus was coming to fulfill all the prophecies. So they, they haven't been able to get it or tie it all together yet. So let's look at verse 18 of the scripture that we were looking at earlier. It says, I assure you that until heaven and earth disappear, even the smallest detail of God's law will remain until its purpose is achieved. Do you know that there's stuff in the Old Testament, specifically Daniel and uh, a couple of the other uh, minor prophets, major prophets, that, uh, that haven't been fulfilled yet? In fact, the New Testament confirms some of that, saying that that's, there's still stuff to come in the future that hasn't happened yet. Jesus didn't fulfill all of the Old Testament. There's still things that are, that are to come because of his coming that wouldn't have happened had he not had come. Does that make any sense? That, that is a mouthful. I know I'm getting a little deep. But there's things in the future that are yet to come that are written in the Old Testament. Amazing. And so accurate. Some of the things have, have happened even since Jesus has been here. And it's just... Whew. Anyways, the Bible's a thick book, isn't it? <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in it. You guys got to check it out. The more you stick with church, the more you stay in, in fellowship with other believers and read your Bible, man, you guys, your mind will just get blown away with the reality of it all. There's no, you get into it and, you're, and you start going, man, there's no way that this is made up. There's no way that, you know, some of the things that you're taught in school, it can be true after you experience the love of Christ, the, the things that, are, that, that just get revealed in, in the Word and you start seeing it happen, you'll just be like, what is it? Dude, they don't know what they're talking about. Okay, here though, it's like telling them that he agrees in the authority of the scripture, that yeah, he believes that it's the word of God and by no means will he ever overrule it and say that it's worthless. He was here to help people love it, learn it, and live it. Say love it, learn it, live it. Love it. Say it faster. Love it, learn it, live it. Love it, learn it, live it. Love it, learn it, live it. Okay, you got it. Just making sure because that you know, plants it into your heart. Okay. Now, going on in verse 19, he says this, So if you break the smallest commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anybody who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be great in the kingdom of heaven. Isn't, is there something to be said about hypocrisy here? Hypocrisy. Anybody know what hypocrisy is? Maybe. Okay. Who wants to just give it to me? Give it to me, Faith. Dude, that's the best right there. Hypo- hypocrisy is being hypocritical. And that's as plain as it gets. All right? No, I'm just <laughs> That is amazing faith. Okay. <laughs> okay, you know, back in the uh, Shakespeare's days, 1800s, maybe even before then, when people used to put on dramas, uh, you ever see the, the happy and sad face drama masks? Those, that actually comes from, from history, and uh, they were called the hypocrite masks. Because when you came out on stage, you put a mask on, and you pretended to be somebody that you really weren't. And so, and the people in the back, you know, before there was amplification, and they didn't know what the person was acting up up, out there, so they had these, sometimes they were giant masks, like, to portray the mood and the feel of what was being portrayed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's this giant face going across the screen. I am happy. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't know. But... um, that, that's, that's kind of the idea of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is being something and doing something that you're really not. And here, G- or doing the opposite. Okay. <laughs> but Jesus is saying here, if, you're, if you break the smallest commandment and teach, and teach others to do the same, 
You'll be the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anybody who obeys God's law and teaches them will be great in the kingdom of heaven. There was a lot of problems with some of the Pharisees and Sadducees telling people what to do and then going and doing them doing the opposite. Don't or, murder. Yeah, don't murder. <laughs> Take no, I don't know. Things So so people that like people like me, man, I mean I, I gotta I gotta watch myself because I'm telling you guys to do stuff and I'm not doing it myself. I'm in trouble, man. I'm the one like so you guys keep me accountable, right? No, because then you just make yourself as worse as I am. So, no. <laughs> no, dude. Okay, so there's something to be said about that hypocrisy. It's actually one of the first warnings of the New Testament um, to, to believers that, that, that teach his word. In James 3.1, it says that teachers of the Bible will be judged more strictly. That God, we're all going to face Jesus someday for the things that we've done, things that we said. We're all going to be standing for God, and he's going to be like, dude, you remember when you were like 16 and you said, And he, as he looks over his Bible, you remember that? <laughs> you did what? <laughs> no. <laughs> now, now remember. <laughs> now remember, it's possible if you got saved, and, um, you know Jesus is, wipes you clean of your sins, um, but we're still going to have to give an account. It's not like we can't make it to heaven, but we still have to give an account to God Himself for the things that we've said and done. Okay. Jesus wants us to be more of the the. Jesus wants us to know more of the righteousness of God. He wants us to obey it. And he wants us to share it with others. The moral law of God has not changed. You guys know what the moral law of God is? This is it's, the, it's the law that you live your life. I mean, it's the moral... You, yeah, I do a lot of this. I'm Italian. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Italian. <laughs> yeah, I'm half Italian, half German. Uh, yeah, my, my mom's name was Finelli. My dad's name is, is Breyer, which comes from the German word brewer. So, <laughs> all right. But you, the moral law is the Ten Commandments, guys. It's basically the law, the unwritten law that a lot of us live our lives by, whether we're Christian or not, right? What are some of the, the laws of the New Testament? Of, I'm sorry, the Ten Commandments. Anybody know some of them? Shall not kill. Steal. Now these are, these are good laws, right? I mean, non Christians should believe, obey these things, right? Anybody here believe in murder? Good, <laughs> right? These are to believe that it's right, that it's okay. Huh? Okay. Capital capital judgment. Do you mean? Yeah. Okay. Capital punishment. Yeah. And uh, that—that's a stand that, that some of us have to take and, and believe that. I mean, it's in—it's—it's it's supported in the scriptures both ways. It, it's supported both ways, especially in the Old, Old Testament. So, um, but nine guys, check this out. Nine of the Ten Commandments are not just Old Testament; they're actually repeated in the New Testament. Nine out of the Ten Commandments are repeated. So. Jesus came, he didn't come to abolish the law, totally, right? The, the law still exists in the New Testament, even though we, we still have access to God now because he came, right? Okay, so not everything was wiped out. But the exception... <laughs> okay, let's, let's just go to the verse 20. We're getting a little too heavy here. Hang with me. Bo! Yes! Are you like... That didn't make it? Keeping the Sabbath day. 
The exception is the Sabbath commandment, which was given as a sign to Israel in Nehemiah 9.14. Now, there's something to be said about the Sabbath. We can go there. I think it's still appropriate to keep a day holy. The Sabbath, is, it was a day that the Jews were meant to keep only for God. They weren't allowed to do any work on that day. Jesus came and said that um, if, one of your, if one of your goats fall into a pit or one of your sheep fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, are you going to go rescue it? No. You could die. Oh, <laughs> this was their livelihood. You know, this could have been like a month of food. You know? Either way. Gosh, guys, the Bible and the scriptures are so rich and so full of things. Let me just do a side trail, a little rabbit trail here. You said, is it a sheep or is it a lamb? Did you know that lambs, uh, they're, when, when they're growing up and they're, the sheep herder has, or the shepherd, I should say, the shepherd has all their sheep around and they're all learned and trained to hear his voice. But the lambs, sometimes they start to wander off and if they don't understand um, what's going on, they start to wander off. What the, what the shepherd will do is actually break the lamb's leg. But, yeah, no, he will go <laughs> break the lamb's leg. But at that point, he carries the lamb with him everywhere he goes so that the lamb starts to hear and understand his voice. And, he, and now the lamb's with him until his legs heal. And then when he goes back into the crowd, he won't wander off because the Bible even says that um, God says, my lambs hear my voice and they follow me. Yes? <laughs> hey. You know what? Try it. Go ahead. Watch out for PETA, though, okay? So. <laughs> no, actually, I think that was another stage term, another drama term, actually, believe it or not. I don't, I, I'm not, I don't know everything, but maybe. <laughs> hey, go break the leg. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, verse 20, though. Um, uh, no, the last one on the last slide. Sorry, Kayla. I'm kind of getting ahead of There you go. But I warn you, unless you obey God better than the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees do, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven at all. <laughs> Boy, I guess we can all go home now, <laughs> right? I can read. No, I'm just... Do you, did you hear what it said? You have to... Do you obey God better than the teachers of religious law and Pharisees do? No. Now remember, the Pharisees weren't fair, you see. The Sadducees were sad, you see. They were liars. A lot of them were liars, and they were, they were pushing things down people's throat. They weren't obeying the law themselves, so it wasn't that hard to obey more than the Pharisees and Sadducees. <laughs> okay, so think of it that way. The righteousness of the Pharisees and Sadducees was nothing more than following the rules, but God wants more than that, guys. So here he is. He's teaching this Sermon on the Mount, and the crowd here is, you have to be better than the Pharisees and the Sadducees if you want to make it to heaven with me. And see, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, they were thought of being as far above the average person, the holier-than-thou, you know? The um, the Three Musketeers guy, you know, the the... the um, the cardinal that everybody hated, but everybody respected him because he had the position of cardinal. Yeah, musketeers, right? No, okay. you guys gotta watch it. It's it's a Disney movie, okay? Disney musketeers. Okay. Yeah, no, not the musketeers. M I C K U R. Okay, no, not the musketeers. <laughs> How'd you get so smart? How are you so smart? Okay, but they were considered, guys, holier than thou. So for someone to be better than that, 
they'd have to be thrown some he had to throw them some kind of loop, you know? The, transition, the translation I hear is this. You have to be better than those that don't know anything to get into the kingdom of heaven. I think I'm better than that. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys get this from Jesus yet? Are you kind of feeling this? You guys got to be better than those that just don't get it. <laughs> right? Okay. That's, but but when, it, when it boils down, it's only the, it's the, only the righteousness that satisfies God's standards and faith in Jesus. So that's what it's all about. It's how do how do we attain this true righteousness that Jesus was actually talking about? Okay, and he he was he became our righteousness. And we're going to look at that real quick. We've got a couple of scriptures here. Romans ten three. It says this. Who wants to read it? Anyone want to read it? I need a guy this time. I think. Philip. Actually, you know what? I remember Bo the last you know three months ago when you were here last. I, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you had a great, you have a great voice, and you read really well. You want to read this? All right, take it away. All right, here you go. Boom, boom, boom. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law. Woo! Now. Now, hey, can we give a little bit of glory to the guy mentioned in verse 4 here who says, it says, who's this guy here? Christ. Can we do the same thing for that guy right now? Christ, yeah! Whoa, way to go! Yeah, end of, end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Oh yeah, he's the man. Because he's the one that made it so that we can have spirit fingers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's the one that made it so that we can have righteousness. Now, here we go. Romans three twenty-one through 26. This is key. Sure. You can read this. Uh, but everybody, pay attention and follow along here. Okay, because this is a key verse in our, in the, in our faith here. We need, to, we, we need to understand this. It's a long passage. Yeah, take a take a breath because this this is really important here. Hey, where's she at? I'll finish it off. He has done it. Wow, guys, I'm trying to read. I'll finish it right away. Yes, sir. Sinners are made right because of what? 
because they believe in Jesus. Now, agree with me on this. The righteousness had no hope. The righteousness of the law, the Old Testament, had really no hope at all. Right? Right? Thank you. But the gift of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, gives us hope and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Right? Right. All right. 1 John 1, nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? Right. All right. Now wait. You guys don't do it. You guys don't create your own righteousness, right? Right. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. Right. <laughs> the Bible calls it our filthy rags and we do it on our own. We have no righteousness of our own. It's because of Jesus, okay? His righteousness via salvation is a gift from God to those who believe. Okay? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves because it is the gift of God. It's not because of any works that you do because you might be able to boast in that, for we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Okay, and finally, the last, last verse, we're going to end on this, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Saving, saving, it says, is, come on, saving is all His idea, and it's all His work. All we do is trust Him enough to let Him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing ourselves. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both, the making and the saving. That's the the message translation of that scripture. I just thought, man, that's really good in that version. But we need to grasp this tonight, guys. Jesus came so that we could have life, so that we can be made righteous, so that we can go before God someday and be with Him in heaven. I mean, that's an awesome thing to do. No, that's rock on. It depends on it depends on what you're smoking. Okay. Now, let's close with this tonight, guys. Back, if we can go back to um, the long passage, I think it's the slide right before this, Romans eight or Romans three twenty one to twenty six. Look at Romans three twenty three here. It says, "For all have sinned." That means everybody, right? We all fall short. But the only way that we can get out of this mess is how? Believe in God. Yeah, it's the last scripture right there, right? But not only believe, we are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed His blood. It's not just a matter of believing. Of in Jesus, but believing in the things that He did and why He did them. His blood, His sacrifice, and His life for us. Man. Let's close our eyes tonight. Let's pray. Father God, tonight, we understand this. We see this, God. You've opened Your Word to us, and we understand that it's without You, God, we don't have any hope. We don't have any anything worth living for, God. So I just pray tonight that You would start to reveal Yourself now to us from this moment on, Lord God. Show us the depths of Your Scripture, Lord. Show us the, the, the heart of what You mean in, in everything, everything that You wrote to us in Your, in your Word, God. How Jesus came to, to fulfill the law, but 
um, how he came to, to, to show us the heart of the law, the heart of God. God, I just pray that you continue to, to mold our lives and shape our lives so that we can become more and more like you, Lord God, so that people do see us and they do see something different and that they come to know you, God. Because you, you also said in your word, Lord, that, that no, it is your will that none should perish, but that all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, tonight I pray that if there's anybody in here that, that this is their first time hearing this tonight, God, I pray that you uh, would have grace upon them, Lord God. And Lord, Lord that, um, that you would show them that, all, that you are the only way. And Father, as, as we close tonight, uh, I just open up that opportunity. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is a great opportunity to, to do that. You know, just, just pray a simple prayer like this. Jesus, I understand that I am a sinner. From what I've seen tonight, I, I don't have it made. I can't get to heaven by myself. God, I need your righteousness. So right now I choose to believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, would you come into my life, change my life, make me whole, make me new. God, so that someday I might be with you, but not only that, that I might live out a life for you here on earth that others see is so much more than what the world has to offer. So God, I give you my life tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Guys, if that's your first time praying that prayer, let, let me or Kayla know, and, um, or Brian. And uh, as we close tonight, if you guys want to stick around, I'm going to play a video from the last year's Acquire the Fire. Uh, actually, not the last year's. It's 2007. 2007's Acquire the Fire, which is one of the most awesome ones out there. So go ahead and play that. You guys have a great night. We'll see you next week for New Life Drama Company. Six thirty sharp. We'll see you.